Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, well, welcome back to the podcast room with Pastor Stephen discussing his weekly sermon. And yes, we are a day late. We are sorry about that, but sometimes whenever we're trying to get preachers together and trying to get out on a correct schedule, sometimes that gets pushed behind. So we are sorry we're a day late, but we are back in the room with Pastor Stephen discussing his sermon. You know, you know after after this is after this week, and if somebody listens to this podcast after this week, it won't be a day late anymore. It'll True. Be, it'll be right on time. Right on time. Right on time. But we have some people that- We, we serve an on-time God. That's true. We have some people, though, that every Tuesday they they would like the podcast to be there. And so I call them podcast Pharisees. <laughs> we're not going to name names or anything, but so we're this, here. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Pharisees. That's a new band Stevens starting to form in his spare time. But uh, anyway, we're here. We're discussing Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. And uh, this week it's titled, Who Do You Think You Are? Mm. Question mark. Um, so, why, Pastor Stephen, why, why such a, a strong title? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I guess it depends on how you say it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how you say it. I mean, uh, I, I even said in the sermon, you know, when, when I would hear that growing up, it, it was never in a positive light. It was... <laughs> right. I'd done something, and you know, it's almost like my parents thought, you know, we really thought you weren't quite that stupid. Um, uh, who do you think you are? Uh, well, when people would say that to me, they're usually a, a bad word in the middle of the sentence. Oh yeah. Well, but, no, my my parents are not cussers, so it, it wasn't there. Um, but uh, yeah, who do you think you are? I mean, the way you view yourself, it, it shapes everything in life. Yeah. I, I would even say clearly, the way you view yourself affects your view of God. Hmm. Yeah, um, and so yeah, the question was posed to just seriously, who do you think you are? And your first point, so you, you give us kind of two points. Um, you, you talk about realistically who we are and relationally who we are. So the first one, realistically, who are you? You talk about being uh, maybe a person of overvalue. Uh, being a person of undervalue, but yet being a person of proper value. So uh, I know I kind of gave all three of your points there, but I'll let you just kind of roll through those because they all kind of intertwine together. Um, realistically, who are you? Yeah, well, in Romans twelve three, uh, you know, it tells us there: do not think of yourself uh, more highly than you should. Uh, and so that's kind of kind of where we uh, where I came up with the overvalue. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of folks that overvalue themselves. Uh, they they place much more um, importance to what they do, what they say, or maybe their opinion or their work or whatever the case may be, and they tend to exalt themselves. And this is this is piggybacking off of what we talked about two weeks ago when we were talking about the fact that. Satan, you know, for most of us, it's not a situation where Satan's like, I want you to worship me. I want you, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draw you away from 
the worship of God to me, I mean, uh, folks aren't going to make that step overnight. And so what he does is he comes along and he says, no, instead, let's make it all about you. Let's make you important. Let's let every decision that you make base it off you, your your future, you, uh, whatever you feel, you, right? So it's it's not that we'll worship Satan. It's that we'll worship ourselves. Um, and for a lot of folks, that's kind of how it falls in the pecking order. Yeah. I'm number one. Right. Now, now people aren't going to say that. No, no. You know, every now and then, maybe, I don't know, an athlete will say it yeah. every now and then or something along those lines. And we're like, yeah, I love the confidence that they have. Um, well, I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, we're the best team in the league and, and, and to back it up on the field or the court. Um, in which I'd like to submit that uh, the baseball team that I coach, uh, 14U guys, we just finished our third undefeated season. And uh, so we've not lost a game in two years. Uh, so we had a Bible study at the end of our last championship <laughs> about pride comes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Um, so uh, I'm just trying to humble them because I beat them right. down in practice. So yeah, they think they're sure. no good, and then they come in a game and we're like, "Oh, where'd that come from?" Right. Um, but no, I'm just teasing. The uh, the the exalting myself, man, that's a dangerous thing. And and some folks hear this, well, don't overvalue yourself. Oh, so you're saying you're saying that uh, I'm I'm nobody. You're you're saying don't put emphasis on my. No, no, I'm not saying any of those things. I think what he is communicating in this passage of Scripture, hey, where, where you place value, let it be on Christ, not you. Um, you know, the whole universe does not revolve around you, that God has even given you life so he might accomplish things through and in you to give him great, great glory. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the way I view God because now it's going to be not about I have this life to fulfill my own pleasure, my own wants, you know, my own future, my own dreams. No, I've been given this life. It's not about me. It's about God. So now, now what are my desires? Well, my desires are what God desires. Yeah. Uh, my, my dreams are what God wants to see happen in the future. And so it, 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 it changes. So I think you've got a good, you got to have a good, healthy view of who you are. And, uh, and to the other extreme are those who undervalue. Right. And some folks can do this. Some folks will say, okay, so I'm supposed to be so humble for Jesus. That means I'm just going to walk walk around and look like a uh, a beaten down, I don't know, noodle or something along those lines, right? Right. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm to I'm to walk around looking. You know, there there are even some um, some religious groups that follow this, right. and we're going to wear all gray or all black, and we're never going to smile, and you know, don't take a picture of me; it'll capture my soul, and. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know who who says that. Is that is that? That's the 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 Amish. The Amish don't take a picture of me to capture Correct. my soul. Correct. Um, anyway, I, I I mean I want you to take a picture of me. It has nothing to do with the soul, but the but folks who well you know I uh, I find no I find no joy in who I am. I submit myself to God. And it's like they're walking around like this, all oh, this huge burden. I've yeah. submitted myself to God, and I'm nobody. Um, and that's not what he is saying either. You are somebody, but you're somebody in Jesus Christ. I mean, for those folks that know Christ as Lord and Savior, right? I love the fact that the Scripture sits there and says this, that if you are a Christian, 
you're dressed in Christ's righteousness alone. Yeah. And then when God looks at you, God's like, hey, hey, here's my forgiven, faultless child right here. Oh, my mm. goodness. Yeah. That'll, um, that'll preach. That'll preach. What great value that is. Um, and I think it's very important uh, you know, for a lot of folks because, unfortunately, we live in a world that sometimes we suffer at the hands of someone else. And by that, I mean yeah. there are people that yeah. have to deal with things that they didn't choose to deal with, but somebody else in their own sinfulness chose to. Yeah. And the fallout on that. So what can tend to happen so often, especially when it comes to uh, abuse or um, you know, when it comes to neglect or whatever the case may be, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. Yeah. You know, I am uh, – um, you know, I'm I'm usable. Just use me and throw me away and all that kind of stuff. And they tend to that self esteem bottoms out. And let me just say this self esteem is not contrary the way you know, it's not a bad word. It's not something you know you you know, I can't have a good self esteem because I'm a Christian. Right. No, I have an excellent self esteem. Why? Because I want to see myself the way that God sees me. Right. The, a, a forgiven, saved child of God. My value is in the fact that I'm his child. And nothing, nothing in this life, nothing in this in this world, whether in our own hands or the hands of others, nothing can rob us from the relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ. I am his child. I am highly favored and valued. Why? Because I am his child. Yeah. Uh, that if we could teach uh, at an early age, for folks to understand where their worth comes from. Yeah, for sure. And you'll see it a lot of times, Ryan. Yeah. You'll see it with young yeah. ladies. You see it in your ministry mm. all the time. Young ladies that uh, have a poor self-image, and they go seeking um, approval. Uh, they go ex- seeking, and I hate to use this terminology, but th- this is what they'll often say, love. And, and what they're going to get is yeah. not love. Um, and so they find themselves in relationships they don't need to be in, maybe even abusive situations that they don't need to be in. Uh, they find themselves in sexual immorality yeah. that they don't need to be involved in because, hey, I just I wanted to do whatever it took so I could I could feel like I was worth something to someone. Well, you are worth something to someone, and that's Jesus. Well, how, how much are you worth for Him? Yeah. Well, He gave His life for mm. you. Yeah. Find your value in Christ. So I was I was talking with one of my college guys the other day and I was just kind of I was messing around with him because he had on some fancy new shoes like he was I mean it looked like he dressed very nice very in style stylish these days and I'm like hey man I said man why why are you always dressed so nice and always got nice shoes and this his quick answer he didn't think about it it just came out he said because he goes man I, I have low self-esteem and I need to make sure that I feel okay about myself so I dress like and so people so it's not just girls dealing with the you know, body images or things like that that are causing some other things. Like there's so many people that deal with this undervalue and, you know, it's a, it's a great way to transition into kind of what you said. It's like, we are, we are someone in Christ Jesus. Like because of who Jesus is, we are someone, we're not worthless and we are useful for the kingdom. Well, yeah. And, and, and I even drew this out in the message 
uh, you know, here's Paul. Paul's writing Romans, right? And Paul also wrote Philippians. Letters is what they were. There were letters that he wrote to the churches in those areas in Rome and in uh, in Philistia, and so, or excuse me, Philippi. Um, and so, uh, those letters written to those churches were canonized in these books of the Bible. But as he's writing to the church there at Philippi uh, in Philippians three three, Paul says, "I have no confidence in in the flesh. Mm. I have no confidence in myself. Yeah, none whatsoever." Which I would agree. Hey, I better not have any confidence in myself. Why? Because I'm going to let myself down. Yeah. I, I can promise you, I've lived with myself. I mean, all my life, I've lived with myself. And I have, I have, I have disappointed myself. I've done things I said I'd never do. I've said things I, I said I'd never say. And so Paul's saying the very same thing. I have no confidence in the flesh. Well, as long as you're alive, let's, guess what? You're in the flesh. Right, right. And then yet he comes right over to Philippians 4.13 and the verse that probably everyone knows. I mean, quite honestly, I don't even, can you be a Christian and not know Philippians 4.13? We have coffee cups with it. That's true. You can't be a Tim Tebow fan and not know <laughs> Philippians 4.13. <laughs> What did he say in Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's a confident thing. What has he just said? I can do all things. There's nothing I cannot do through Christ. Right. Now, I have no confidence in myself, but I have all the confidence in the world in Jesus. So the proper value, you talk about overvalue you talk about undervalue the proper value is that confidence in christ so i have a, i have a question regarding this this whole thought and this idea of being confident how do, and here's the question how do you walk the line between self-confidence and confidence in christ how do you walk the line between self-confidence and confidence in christ because there are people who are generally confident people like they carry themselves well they're not prideful or arrogant but they're they're just confident people so how do you how do you walk the line between self-confidence and confidence in christ well again self-confidence is not a negative word um you know uh to me self-confidence and confidence in christ uh, it's not either or it's 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 both Mm -hmm. okay it's almost like okay do you believe in science or you believe in the bible well i believe in the bible but i'm not against science because if you look at science (laughs) science the Bible's already said what science is saying. If you if you want to look at fact, now if we want to look at hypotheses, then that's a little different scenario. Uh, but self confidence and confidence in Christ, I, w- I would say number one, what's your motivation? And by mm. motivation, yeah, good word. What are you what are you looking to accomplish here in this confidence? Who 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 are you seeking to get glory, yourself or God? Um, I would say as well, it's very important for all of us to surround ourselves with people who love God and love us, yeah. particularly in that order. Yeah. People that can speak into your life, that you give license to. I would say if you've not done this to our listeners, I would encourage you to do that. Now, it can be very dangerous. It can be, definitely be vulnerable, yeah. and uh, um, it can it can be a slap in the face. Uh, but go to people, I'd say two or three folks in your life that, again, you know uh, are, are maturing followers of Christ. They have a deep love for him. They also have a deep love for you. And just say, I'm giving you license right now to speak in my life. If you see anything in my life that yeah. doesn't seem to match up or jive with my profession to be a follower of Christ, let me know. 
Let me, and I wouldn't even say somebody who, who struggles with I'm going to take it a step further. You, you didn't ask it this way, but I'm going to take it a step further. Those people who may uh, struggle with cockiness. And I would say cockiness is an, uh, an exalting of self. Yeah. So I would say that's that hyper self-esteem okay. um, or self-confidence. Um, so if you struggle with that, then, I mean, tell them that. Hey, listen, yeah. man, I've had problems with this. Would you please... If you hear me say something, you see me do something, whatever. If it, man, I don't care if you're in your prayer time and God just brings you to, yeah. brings me to your mind. Yeah, man, speak into my life, speak, and then be mature enough to let them speak into your life. Um, but I would say, what is my motivation? Yeah, what am I seeking to accomplish here when it comes to self confidence? Uh, you know, where where does my self confidence lie? And I would also look, what words do I use? Yeah. Yeah. If it's all like I, my, me, yeah. you know, well, that says a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and we've all been around folks like that. I, I was I was listening to a sermon uh, just, goodness, it was about a week ago, and uh, there was a pastor at a very large church uh, in the United States who was addressing his church about uh, uh, an issue that had happened with a much-beloved, long-tenured pastor of that church. And uh, this newer pastor stands up, and for the first ten to fifteen minutes of the sermon, it was it was like I, I, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't know anything about this. I am brokenhearted. I, I'm mowing my backyard. Listen, it's got my earbuds in. Listen to it. I, I, I flipping. I almost killed the grass in one spot because I drove over it three times. Um, and uh, no, no, it's not I. What well, Stephen Olford? Oh. If our listeners read as much Stephen Olford as you can get your hands on, an unbelievable book he wrote, and it's it's out of print. Um, actually, I've got mine loaned out right now. Matt Henderson, I want my book back. <laughs> I want my book back. Not I, but Christ. Yeah. Oh, it's rich. Not I, but Christ. That that's a great saying for all of us when yeah. it comes to. Okay, who, who who's at the forefront? You know, who's at the front of the stage and who's at the back of the stage? Yeah, it's kind of like kind of like those. Uh, I don't know um, if you guys seen those bumper stickers or those tags that said uh, "God is my co-pilot." Yeah, you seen those? You got yeah. one of those? I, I better, don't. I, don't I better producer's got one. I don't have one of those. Producer may have one on the back of his motorcycle. Um, the uh, God is God is my co- can he be a co-pilot on a motorcycle? I guess he could. It's written on the back of his journey shirt. Yeah, on the back of his journey shirt. Well, here's what we know. No, if he's your co-pilot, you're in trouble. Yeah. No, no, no. You need to slide on over and let him take the wheel. Yeah. Man, that great, great theologian, Carrie Underwood, <laughs> she helped us understand that. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel, right? But what? who do I exalt? Am I promoting myself? Yeah. You know, Scripture even tells us this. Don't promote yourself. Let the Lord promote you. Yeah, I call them one uppers. You know, you have those people, you have those conversations with people, and like either you're telling a story about your day or something to happen, and they always have a better one, or they always have some sort of grand story of what they did that totally outshines what you did. Well, I'm going to one up you here because I've, uh, uh, here's what I I call it I call it a band aid party, and it's usually. It, 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 this happens in the churches all the time. And please hear me. 
we are a hospital for hurting sinners. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank God for his grace and his love and his healing and his forgiveness. And, um, but we've all been in those groups before to where one person will sit there and say, I have this incredible hurt. Look at this yeah. hurt, yeah. this hurts, hurts, hurts. And the other one's like, Oh really? Let me pull my bandaid off. Yeah, Look yeah. at there. Look at that one right there. That one's a lot worse. And then another one will say, Oh no, check out my bandaid. I'm going to rip it off. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. So that, that'll lead us to our, our next point. So your first point was realistically, who are you? Just kind of having this, this realistic view of who we are. Then you talk about relationally, who are you? And this kind of centers around our, our space in the body of Christ. And so your first point under that is we're individual members of the body of Christ. We are important um, to the church. We are important to uh, what is happening here. So I'll let you speak. I do have a question for you. It's kind of a softball question, but I'll, I'll ask that as you get going. Okay. Yeah. Um, he kind of lays out what it means to be a part of the local church. I mean, we look at the body of Christ two ways. There's the uh, universal body of Christ, which is, uh, that's the family of God. That's what you become a part of. The moment that you're saved, you're a part of the overall body of Christ. But, uh, he has chosen for us to be a part of that local body of Christ, the local church. That's how we exercise our gifts. That's how we hold each other accountable. It's how we pray for each other. So here's my question. I'm going to interrupt sure. you. Here's my question. Is it important to come to a church building? So as, as you're talking about this individual member, body of Christ, is it important to actually come inside a church building? Sure. Well, in the words of Ryan Tucker, let's dive deep. There you go. Um, I think it's important to assemble with an organized body of believers, what we would call a church. Yeah. Uh, now, in our context, it's going to be a building. Yeah. But I've known churches that they didn't have a building in, uh, you know, in South Africa. They met under a tree. Right. Uh, but that's where they assembled together. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I drew out in a sermon, in in I, I read this somewhere. I mean, when you when you're as old as I am and you read as much as I do and you listen to so much, you, you know, you get little nuggets that you're like, I don't even remember where that came right. from. Uh, so um, forgive me if, uh, I mean, I, clearly I've heard this somewhere else, but uh, three words that help you identify whether something's going to be a church. Number one is the word organized. Yeah. Is it organized? And when we talk about organized, I, I tend to think about polity. And by polity, I mean this. We clearly know the New Testament says that there are two offices in every New Testament church, uh, pastors and, and, and deacons. Um, and, uh, and each one has separate functions, yeah. right? And uh, so I would sit there and say, are they organized? And you may say, well, I go to a place that calls itself a church, mm. but they don't, they don't have any deacons. They, they only have pastor. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean they're not a church. Right. Uh, but there's organization there. Right. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, a free-for-all. Uh, you know, I'll come in and I'll say whatever I want to say. And if you got something you want to say, you stand up and you say it. And, you know, and there's just there's God is a God of order. He makes mm. it clear in his yeah. word. Um, the thir- the second word is the word ordinance. Who who has been charged with the ordinances of the church? Well, the church, because they're the ordinances of the <laughs> right, church. Right. So the Lord's Supper are communion and baptism. Um, that's the reason why I'm, I'm man. I'm I'm one of these that uh, I 
you know, I don't take the Lord's Supper unless it's under the authority of a church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, likewise, baptism. I think that's a local church ordinance. Well, you know, what if somebody says, well, I, I gave my life to Christ and we were at the beach and, you know, I got my friend who is a believer in Christ to baptize me in the ocean. Does that mean my baptism is messed up? I would just say this. Yeah, if it didn't connect you to a local church, it's messed up. Yeah. Baptism is that public profession of faith in Christ. Yeah. Baptism doesn't save, doesn't forgive. It is that outward expression of what is taking place on the inside. So it's a it's a proclamation. Um, but if you're like, you know, hey, got saved, baptized at the beach. Yeah, and I don't really do church. You know, the beach yeah. is my church. Right. No, the beach is not your church. Right. Now, if you're part of a group of believers that gets together, and uh, you got some organization there, and uh, you do the ordinances. Hey, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to baptize other people. And the third one, and this is the one that always gets gets those who say they're doing these churches, um, is outreach. Outreach. Are yeah. you reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Are you seeking to evangelize? I mean, there's a lot of groups, man, I want to get together and we're going to dig in deep. We're going to take systematic theology and we're just going to dig in deep and that's going to be our textbook. And, you know, and I, now I've, I've had systematic theology. Yeah. I can promise you this. I thanked God when that class was over. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't I didn't do well in that class academically. Well, yeah. I didn't do well. I'm sorry. You probably, I probably shouldn't have told you that since you're my, you know. Boss, but well, you've worked your ten years now, so we're in trouble there anyway. You so, you, if your if your doctrine's messed up, surely we, it's not we messed up. Figured that it's just test taking and academically, I, gotcha. I, I, I yeah, didn't, we didn't check your GPA. That's true. Thank you. The uh, the uh, um, you messed me up. I'm my sorry. Of thought that's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Hey, outreach. If it's just a group of guys, we're gonna get together, man. Yeah. And instead of going to church, because it's amazing, I've had folks say this. Well, I don't go to church anywhere because I don't feel like there's any pastor that can teach me anything. Mm. Mm. Come again? Yeah. Do, do what? Let, yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back to number one. Realistically, <laughs> right, right. who are you? Right. Yeah. Who, who are you that you are unteachable? Mm. And I'll just speak for Panama City, Florida, because I know how many churches we have here in Panama City, Florida. If if you can't find a church in Panama City, Florida, that is doctrinally sound, that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you say, I can sit underneath their teaching, it probably has nothing to do with the churches in Panama City, Florida, but it has everything to do with you. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so... so uh, these guys, well, we're just going to sit around, we're going to have deep Bible studies, and we're not going to be a part of a church, because um, I went to church one time, and I had a bad experience at right. church. Right, Had a bad experience at church. I'll be honest with you. Me too. Yeah. You had a bad experience at church? I have. Well, there you go. Hey, listen, listen, The uh, a couple of weeks ago, went down to um, to the ballpark, because we were playing a game that night at the ballpark. Uh, I spent a couple of nights a week down at the ballpark, and um, somebody had hit a water line, and the uh, the water was shut off. The bathrooms were closed. At the last moment, they had hauled in some porta potties, but clearly they had hauled these porta potties in from another destination. <laughs> and so I walked into that porta potty, and I'll just say it this way: I had a bad experience. <laughs> but I'm not going to give up going to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, man, people are going to let you down. Yeah. Uh, but be a part of a church that says this. 
hey, listen, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. Let's put our hope in him. Let's put our trust in him. So, yeah, we're all individual members of the body of Christ. It's very important for you to be a part of a local church. If you profess to be a follower of Christ and you are not actively involved in a local church, and please hear me, I mean more than just going, yeah, or even today, more than just watching at home. Right. Um, it means I'm an active part. Here's what it means. It means I'm involved uh, in the study of God's Word. It also means that I'm utilizing the spiritual gifts that God has given me uh, in that local church as that local church yeah. tries to reach the community in the world for jesus christ that if you're not actively involved in a local church and you're a follower of jesus christ i don't know any other way to say it you are out of the will of god you're out of the will of god did you know that our church offers a lot of life groups to study the bible <laughs> yeah yeah i can't keep up with them there's yeah. a lot of i mean them. i know you're kind of busy on sundays but, i never get uh, to go to life group i know like but our church offers a lot of life groups all ages, all sizes, to study the Bible. Get involved in a small group. We Absolutely. call them life groups at our church. Yeah. Get involved in a small group that'll study God's Word where you can sit there and ask questions yeah. in a smaller setting. They know whether you're there or you're not there. They know how to pray for you. They know what you're struggling with. People that you do life with, that is key. Now, you don't do that instead of being a part of corporate right. worship. No, corporate worship is equally important. Uh, there's something powerful about the people of God when they gather together and they're singing praise to God. And, I mean, my goodness, I mean, I've said this before, there is more power in a room of believers that are singing and exalting King Jesus than in a Justin Bieber concert. Uh, or I'll put it in proper context for you, Ryan, a Waylon Jennings concert. Um, so the those are key. Both of those are key. You're an individual member of God's church. And then you you talk about, and I'm going to lump these two together, incomparable member of the church and then an interconnected member of the church. So um, what do you what do you mean by incomparable and interconnected? Yeah, let's go back to that value thing. Um, there's no one like you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, just yeah kidding. right. There's no one like you. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you are? Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. There's no one like you. You have a spiritual DNA. Here's what that means: that God has gifted you with spiritual gifts. And next week we're gonna we're gonna start diving into those spiritual gifts. Mm. Um, but uh, it's gonna be a two parter. No way we can cover yeah. them all yeah, yeah. Uh, in one week. But the the spiritual gifts that you have, and then you take your personality, you take your likes, your dislikes, you even take your background, right? All of that, and you put it with your spiritual gifts, and that kind of factors into your DNA, your spiritual DNA. Each person has a different spiritual DNA, which means this. God, in, in, in all of his sovereignty, in all of his creativeness, did not create a single person spiritually the same. And that's how, that's how valuable we are to him. We say, well, now, how does that give us value? Well, it gives us value because God lets us know there's not another one like you. I've created you the way you are yeah. by design because I have a job that I want you to do that no one else can do. Um, and so, yeah, you are uh, incomparable 
And I would just say this to those that are listening who think, well, you know, there's nothing I could ever do uh, to serve God. Well, I mean, mm. that's a lie. How do I know yeah. that's a lie? Because God says otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Don't rob him of his glory by For minimalizing sure. yeah. your ability. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say capacity. You have a capacity, whether you choose. If you don't choose to use it, then you still got the capacity. You're just not. It's that capacity's not become ability. Yeah. Um, mm. So, uh, and you're interconnected, meaning this. Okay, if I've got a job to do and you've got a job to do, and they're different jobs because of the different makeup that God has given us, then guess what? I need you, and you need me. Everybody's got to be doing their part of the job, right? Um, or we're not going to be able to function the way that God intended for us as a church to function. And it's a liberating thing when you yeah. when you begin to understand yeah. what your what your makeup is and start serving, start serving. Uh, maybe you're one of those people that are like, you know, I tend to complain. And, and by the way, I, I, w- I would say this. There's no such thing as the ministry of complaint, hmm. um, even though there are folks who, who tend to specialize in that. If you're like, I don't know what it is. I tend to get negative. I tend to complain. You know how how would you how would you encourage that I not do that? Okay, I'll encourage. Get to work. Right, right. Start right. doing something. Um, take all that energy that turns into complaining and griping, and instead say, I'm going to do something positive for the kingdom. When you tell us not to be a spectator, right? Like I think the church is full of people that. And and this is just I'm not saying Highland Park I'm saying church globally as I've as I've grown up and seen my parents go through ministry been a part of ministries myself I, I mean there are a lot of people that are just pew sitters as my dad would say like they're coming and just spectating and they're just watching other people and they're not involved they're not fulfilling their purpose well and, and the argument can be made then Ryan okay is that even church. I mean, mm-hmm. just having your name on a list, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean you're a part of a local right. church, right? A part being a part of a local church means that again, you're giving to what it gives toward. You are using your spiritual gifting, and you've also made yourself accountable yeah. to leadership. Um, and you support what the church is doing, yeah. What the church is doing, you know, we have. I don't know. It goes up and goes down. I can't keep up with it. I'm just going to throw out a round number. We've got roughly 3,500 members here at Highland Park. Right. Uh, give or take 100 on either side. There you go. That's close. Uh, That's pretty accurate. The uh, If all 35 showed up one Sunday, 3,500, we would be in, in, in a world of hurt. We would. We'd have nowhere to park them. We wouldn't have enough seating capacity for them. Um, Those life would, groups would be full. It would be miserable miserable but i'm telling you it'd be miserable in a good way yeah but it just goes to show you uh i I mean goodness a third of our people don't even show up each week Mm. a third Mm. and can i say and we're we're higher we got a higher average the most yeah a lot of churches man if we can just get 50 percent of the people here are you kidding me see I, i view it and, and, and I know, you know, there are folks like, well, that's your job. That's your <laughs> livelihood. I, I mean, yeah. I like coming to church. Yeah, yeah. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy walking the halls. I hate it. I hate it because I have responsibilities to where I don't get to walk the hall right. very much. Um, but, man, uh, I'm usually one of the last ones to leave on Sunday. I'll stay out there all yeah. day long. I just enjoy being around 
other followers in Christ. And you know, to me, it's just something electric. The way you know, the way our church is set up, you know, you're gonna you're gonna eventually get to a point where either you're gonna walk down through a hallway that leads in our children's ministry, or you're gonna walk by it and just seeing all those kids and everything, and just the excitement yeah. that comes there. And here's what I, you know, I, you never know, you never know <laughs> if 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 you're gonna show up and something miraculous is going to happen yeah. that god's going to snatch some poor soul out of the gates yeah. of hell yeah um just powerful there yeah. man uh so yeah get a part be a part of a church be a part of a church and your last point and uh, i thought it was pretty creative it's an innovative member like relationally who are you individual member incomparable member of the body of christ interconnected member and the last one is innovative member like again and you and you spoke to this earlier that you know we're gifted um we got to use those gifts that god is giving us given us um so this this innovative member and i have a question on this um because you're talking about purpose you know god's given a purpose to all of us how do we know god's purpose for our life under this under this thought of being an innovative member of the body of Christ, how do we know God's purpose for our life? Sure, yeah. Uh, I would say God's purpose for our life is for him to get glory. Mm. Uh, I would even I would even say the mission statement that we've adopted as yeah. a church is a good one as yeah. well. Love God, love people, and tell the story. My goodness, that's a great purpose right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, But it is. What, is. what is the purpose of my life for for you to know Christ and for you to make Christ known. Um, that is the purpose. Yeah. Uh, now, how's how's God going to do that in and through me? That's the uniqueness. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I would just sit there again, kind of going back to that whole: How do you know uh, when self confidence has crossed over the line? Um, back to those: What is my motivation? What is my goal? I mean, or what are you sitting here saying? Okay, all right, I, I you know, I, I think I'll live seventy years. I think, I think, I think the national average it was up, and then COVID happened, so it went down yeah. a little. But women, they outlive men by at least on an average of two years, two to four years. But uh, let's say seventy years. All right, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping in seventy years I can, uh, I can have a family. I can raise my kids. Uh, I can uh, um, have a good job that provides. Um, let me see. Uh, I can uh, have a marriage that lasts. Mm. Um, I can uh, make some good friends. Uh, I can keep my name out of the newspaper. If you you, you know what that means. Um, I can I can live a life of morality. I can have a good reputation. Uh, I heard somebody define it this way: uh, I can be surrounded by family and friends when I take my last breath. Mm. Um, but how do we sum all that up as a Christ follower? Well, I've been given life so that I might know the one who gives life. Jesus Colossians makes it very clear: He's the Creator. <laughs> yeah. So that I might know Jesus, and then. As we've said before, okay, the moment you come to know Christ as as Lord, why why are you not taken to heaven then? Because now he has left you down here because he wants you to lead others to him. Yeah, He doesn't have to do it that way. God could just speak, boom, you're going to be a Christian, boom. You know, he could have programmed our brains when we hit the age of 13, all of a sudden, oh, I'm a Christian now. But no, he chooses to work through his people. Why? Because he gets great glory that way. 
great glory. And so I have been given the life to make much of him yeah. in everything I do. Uh, so if, if they're going to write anything about you on your tombstone, what will they write? Yeah. What, what are they going to write about you? Um, did we tell the story? I can't remember. Did we tell the story on a podcast in here about the guy who had DC tattooed on his forehead? I don't. Rem- I don't think so. I want to say Whitfield told this story, but don't hold me to this. Um, it's not like Whitfield in our own speaking terms. Um, he's only been dead for a while. Yeah, he's a little, a little older. Anyway, so there was this, there was this, there was this teenage boy in this town that was always in trouble. Um, he was, uh, I don't think he had a family in his life and all that kind of stuff, but he was still just un- still, 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 still. And he'd get caught and he'd get taken before the judge and get caught, taken before the judge. And so eventually, and this was over somewhere in Europe, eventually they had finally had enough and they said, you know what? So everybody will know who you are. We're going to, we're going to put the letters DC on your forehead. They tattooed DC, which stood for devil's child. Mm. Right on his forehead. So where everywhere he went, there's the devil's child right there. You better be careful. There's the devil's child. Well, he ends up getting saved, and he faithfully serves God throughout his latter years, very active, involved in the church. He dies uh, there at his wake, right, his visitation. He's laying there in the casket, all dressed up and stuff, and people are walking by, viewing the body. Two young guys come walking by, and they're standing there, and one of them's like, you know, I always wanted to ask him, what does that D.C. on your forehead stand for? And the other one said, well, you know how much he loved Jesus? I guarantee it stood for disciple of Christ. Mm. And Whitfield used to say, only God can take a devil's child yeah. and turn him into a disciple of Christ. Yeah. Mm. Well, to, to close it out, may we be a church that makes much of Jesus. May we be a member of the body of Christ that makes much of our Lord and Savior. So, Pastor Stephen, thank you for your time. Thank you for always pointing us to Jesus and everything. And if you're listening to The Unchangeable Truth, we thank you for always tuning in and listening to what we have going on. So we will see you next week on The Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk in grace. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.